Hello, 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 an absolute cracker of an afternoon, and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC in Southern California. I'm Stefan Delagordia coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Justin Heo. It's April 13th on today's show, strippers protest unsafe working conditions. From Pringles to pickles, food prices are on the rise. And California is drying up. How your choices to conserve water matter. All that and more from where we are. But first, these news headlines. Tomorrow marks 50 days since Russia invaded Ukraine. According to CNN, roughly 4.6 million refugees have fled the country, and thousands, including children, have died. In wake of the war, Sweden and Finland are seriously considering application to join NATO. A decision is expected within weeks. After a frightening Tuesday for New Yorkers, police arrested the suspect of the Brooklyn subway shooting. He was identified as Frank R. James, a 62-year-old man who previously criticized Mayor Eric Adams on YouTube. At least 23 people were injured after James tossed two smoke grenades and fired 33 shots into a subway car before fleeing the scene. The exact motive of the shooting is still unknown. COVID-19 cases are on the rise in more than half of the states. Earlier this week, Philadelphia's health commissioner Cheryl Bettigal announced it will be the first major city to reinstate its indoor mask mandate. The mandate, which was lifted more than a month ago, will come back into effect on April 18th. The city's hospital admissions are still considered low by the CDC. Those were some of today's top news headlines. Imagine a strip club, neon lights, bills flying, and dancers putting on quite the show. But for the past three weeks in North Hollywood, Star Garden's lights haven't been shining so bright. Jeremy Lindenfeld has more. Strippers have been striking at Star Garden, a strip club in North Hollywood, after dancers' safety concerns were ignored. A customer recorded a video of a dancer topless and refused to delete it, which is against company policy. One of the dancers complained to management for letting this happen, but ended up getting fired. After receiving no support from security, employees decided to strike. This has been going on for three weeks and shows no sign of stopping. The strike was organized by Reagan. That's her stage name. She's a stripper who was fired from Star Garden. Reagan declined to provide her legal name for safety concerns. I found it very, very bizarre that this club had this rule where there was sort of a barrier between the security and the dancers, where the security was also told. Not only were the dancers told that they couldn't go to the security, but the security was told by the bosses that they could not intervene. As for the response from management, little to none. We're going to do this our way because we know that we have the power. So them trying to sort of like weasel in like individual interviews, that that's that that's like a well-known tactic right. to try to like break the yeah. unity of a group. Yeah. So that is all we have heard. But then, yeah, silence. Carol Ann Peterson, an expert in domestic and workplace violence, offers a possible solution. You know, one of the ways they can make a complaint, but it's not an easy process and it's a very lengthy process, is the Economic Equal Opportunity Commission. That's where you would file a complaint against an employer, but then you also get employers who will retaliate. So it's not simple, it's not easy, and it's not quick. Peterson says that women's issues are still not taken seriously in the United States, especially in stigmatized industries like sex work. That should never be a case. Somebody's safety should never have to be on the line simply because you're doing a job that society may not approve of. 
The turnouts at the strike have been strong. People gather at the front of the building, lead chants, and successfully turn away customers. The continued support has Reagan feeling more empowered than ever. I'm imagining it like opened people's minds a little bit so that now this, I, I feel like there's a path forward. I feel like we're not just gonna be like banging and yelling into the abyss. I feel like people are actually listening, maybe for the first time. So that, to me, that's exciting. The strippers hope to pressure management into implementing safer working conditions, but management has yet to acknowledge the strike. More power to the brave women who are paving a way for future generations to advocate for safety in the workplace. For Annenberg Media, I'm Jeremy Lindenfeld. Going to the grocery store has been a little harder on your wallet lately. The Department of Agriculture recently released a report saying practically all food, from restaurants to grocery stores, is getting more expensive. And you'll be surprised to learn why. Caitlin Humani has more on the story. From Oreos to ground beef, everything at the grocery store is getting more pricey. The USDA's new report said that grocery store food prices were 8.6% higher in February of this year than they were in February of 2021. That's the largest 12-month advance since 1981. The department cited the war in Ukraine as a factor for these price jumps, especially since Ukraine is a major wheat producer. Leo Feller, senior economist at the UCLA Anderson Forecast, a leading economic forecasting organization, explains more about how the Russia-Ukraine conflict is contributing to this issue. Russia is a major producer of fertilizer, which is an input into food production. Ukraine is a major producer of wheat. Um, without Russian fertilizer and without Ukrainian wheat production, that puts upward pressure uh, on prices in general. And so we saw this big rise in you know, food prices here in the U.S. as well. It's, it's all connected, right? We, we live in a global market. Feller also put these increases in the context of the price hikes we saw in 2020 during the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, which he said drastically changed the types of products that Americans were spending their money on. Some of this is still a little bit pandemic-related. Our consumption patterns still are different than they were before the pandemic, and our production hasn't caught up to these different kinds of consumption patterns. Early on in the pandemic, comfort foods like Oreo cookies and ice cream were more expensive when we were all staying at home and watching TV. In fact, fluctuation in food prices is not uncommon, especially during times of larger-scale inflation. Food tends to be very volatile. It goes up and it goes down. Um, but without a doubt, we are seeing more broad-based inflation, including more food items at this point in time. While the pricey receipts are a cause for concern, Feller is not too concerned about them in the bigger picture of the country's economy. The inflation that we're seeing right now is about food and energy. If you take out food and energy, we're actually seeing the rate of inflation slow down. It's still high, but it's not as high as it was in October, November, December, January, and February. The Department of Agriculture said they will continue to monitor food prices closely to see how global events like the pandemic and the war in Ukraine will impact the affordability of food. For Annenberg Media, I'm Caitlin Humani. I'm Stefan Delagordia. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Justin Heo. It's eight minutes past the hour. Coming up, how your efforts for water conservation matter. 
And we talked to USC-based musician Augie Summers about his music and vibes. Vibes! Stay with us. I like it. As California's severe water drought continues to intensify, water conservation efforts are vital in repairing the damages. Grace Sodi has more. For those who have been living in California, it may seem like the state has been in a forever drought. With constant reminders to conserve water, why are we still struggling? According to the State Water Resources Control Board member, James Knockbar, most of the water we used goes to landscaping. Most use by households, by families, uh, relates to outdoor water use. Um, you know, if people own houses, for example, they may be spending much more water uh, keeping their landscaping uh, healthy than they are spending using water inside, like for drinking or for bathing or for, for cleaning. And so any efforts to increase efficiency of water use um, in any of those uses would be helpful, but it's often easiest and le- least disruptive to, to shift landscapes to use less water. In order to reduce the amount of wasted water, the state government has enforced new policies and legislation to conserve water. However, it hasn't been enough. That the cumulative, the water savings in California, um, looking back over the past few months, has been about a 6% savings. And that's, that's, been, that's been good. That's been promising. But it's, it's less of a savings than we had wanted uh, the governor had actually called for a, a 15% reduction in water use last year, and we're not there yet, which is why it's really important that people continue to look for ways to use water more efficiently. Water conservation efforts are impossible without a combined endeavor. Andrew Schwartz, a lead scientist at UC Berkeley's Snow Lab, says that people have the power to decide how quickly the drought ends. We are the ones that have control over how much water we use, and that ultimately will result in how much we have left in our stores. We can't control the precipitation and the weather patterns to make it rain or snow on us. We can only control how much we use. So that's something that we can all do every day. Even you can do your part to conserve water by making conscious efforts to avoid water waste in your daily life. There is absolutely something that everyday people can be doing. Um, And that's just water conservation and and water restrictions. You know, none of us like to to make conscious decisions about our water use. While we can hope for the best when it comes to drought conditions, it certainly doesn't hurt to prepare for the worst. For Edinburgh Media, I'm Grace Sodi. You're listening to From Where We Are. Coming up, we talk to Augie Summers, USC student and musician whose song Charlie D'Amelio went viral on TikTok. You can continue listening on our YouTube live stream. That's Annenberg Radio News on YouTube. The full version will also be available on uscannenbergmedia.com. Fully full.
Joining us now is Augie Summers, a.k.a. ASO AVA, and this was his latest single, Bonjour. Augie. Yo. Hey, what up, Augie? How are you guys? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Of Thank course. you for so coming. Into this. For those of you listening, Augie is a USC-based hip-hop and R&B artist from Alexandria, Virginia. All right, Augie, I'm so happy you're here with us, joining us today. Um, your new EP, My Parisian Perception, I have to ask, what is your Parisian perception? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> my Parisian perception is no judgment. It's just kind of going with the flow, um, letting things take you how they should be. Like I remember in Paris, I would just kind of have no plan for the day, hop on the metro ride and go somewhere random in the city. And that's how I kind of feel life should be. Kind of let it flow like it'll find what you need to be, you know? Absolutely. That's All awesome. Right. Uh, so Charlie D'Amelio, TikTok uh, kind of picked that up yeah. uh, pretty quickly. Over 200,000 videos have used yeah. your song, man. How did that unfold? Uh, so, I mean, you know, I, I dropped the song and I really wanted, like the whole goal was for it to be TikTok viral. I wanted to have some type of TikTok interaction with it. And I think just because of the keyword, just being called Charlie D'Amelio, all the Charlie D'Amelio stands, all like the yes. five-year-old girls who are obsessed <laughs> with her, were like, yo, like this song, let's make some videos to it. So, are you one of those five-year-old girls, though? <laughs> I, I guess it kind of makes me one of those five-year-old girls, right? <laughs> I love it. I like it. Okay, what's your long-term mission as an artist, as a musician, as a producer, songwriter, all of that? I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I'm kind of taking it like week by week. Something seems to interest me more like every single day, uh, reading new news articles, finding something different in class. And, uh, you know, USC has kind of been a huge resource resource for me to, you know, develop my skill set and figure out what interests me. But more importantly, what I don't like, you know, I feel like that's a big part of everyone's college experience, kind of figuring out what you don't like and what won't suit you in like a career so i like that figuring it out man i like that exactly I like that. Uh, so do you have any dream collaborations or dream features with some artists or producers in mind got anything um drake is like my all-time role model for sure uh party next door um and probably kanye as well what about like female rappers? Female rappers, um, my I love Rico Nasty, okay, uh, Dochi, um, Lauren Hill is obviously a huge inspiration for yeah. me as well. Um, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill is like still to this day like I think top three, if not the best hip hop album of all time. So all right, and don't want to put you on the spot, but you did say earlier that you got your start in music from freestyling so will you Man. freestyle for us see who play about right. arn though that's the topic about this show about annenberg we're gonna give radio. you a beat we're gonna give you a beat too you're gonna give me a beat yeah okay. i think our producers are working on that so whenever yeah. <laughs> hey hey uh from where we are, I don't know where we are. In about two years, I'ma be in the stars. You see me stunting in my white tee? Yeah, you see me stunting in my white tee? Nikes, but I'm not a hype beast. Likely, find me out of it. You know how the nights be? Ooh, I'm a dog, woof, woof. You see me chilling in the house, roof, roof. 
but a roof can't control me. Everybody know I can't really be controlled. I'm just chilling with Justin. Hey, Justin, microphone. Hey. Hey, I think that's all I got. <laughs> that was so good. I love that. Oh my gosh. Hey, you, what see, about you, Stefan? Do you have it in you? No. I, that's, <laughs> that, I can't do that. No. See, I, that, the thing is, is when you start like thinking about it, like I just did, I was like looking at your eyes. I was like, oh, now I'm thinking about it. And, my eyes like, are a little distracting. Yeah, They're a little no, distracting. I, oh, your sure. eyes are for sure. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Augie. you guys so much for having me. Like, great time. Where can we thank check you, you out? You can check me out Instagram ASO from AVA. Uh, my Spotify is same thing. Uh, there's links in my Instagram A dollar sign O AVA SoundCloud. That's where you can find Parisian Perception, and that's about to go up on Spotify very shortly. So all right, yeah. all right. Woo-hoo. Appreciate yeah, thank you, you so man. much. Thank you. That was Augie Summers, and yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. This show is produced by Paulina Cherizova, Wilka Martinez-Cachero, and Meredith McCabe. Paulina Cherizova is our technical operator, and Derek Renfro composed our theme music. We are streaming live on KXSC. Follow KXSC at kxsc.org slash listen and on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Also, follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio and subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're looking for even more news, be sure to download Annie, Annenberg's news app. I'm Stefan Delagordia. And I'm Justin Hio. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We Are. Are.